Welcome to the Datebook Podcast. I'm your host, theater critic Lily Janik. If you look at the credits for Aurora Theater Company's production of Exit Strategy, which runs August 30th through September 29th, one of the actors' names you'll see is Ed Gonzalez Moreno, a gifted local actor who, though just 26 years old, has already built an impressive resume with credits at SF Playhouse, SF Shakes, The Magic, Custom Made, Cutting Ball, New Conservatory Theater Center. I feel like I see him everywhere. But for the past five years, if you'd seen him perform, you would have seen a different name as his credit, Ed Berkeley. He only just changed it back in July to Ed Gonzalez Moreno. We talked today about why he changed his name in the first place and then why he changed it back as well as how it feels to be performing again under his birth name at the Aurora. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So welcome to the Datebook Podcast, Ed. Hi. <laughs> it's great to have you here. So you're going to be in a show at the Aurora coming up. Yes, yes. The show is called uh, Exit Strategy by Ike Coulter, directed by Josh Costello, and uh, it begins August 30th. What I was hoping we could begin with today mm-hmm. is the story of your name change. So <laughs> until recently, you would have been um, Ed Berkeley in, the, in yeah. this show, huh. but Recently, you uh, you announced on Facebook that you were going to change your name back to Ed Gonzalez Moreno, mm-hmm. and I was wondering if we could just hear the story of that. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw a Facebook post where you wrote, um, "When I came to the Bay, I felt pressured to be something other than an artist of color." Mm-hmm. And can can you kind of set the scene for that? Like what? Wh- where you were in your life and what you were thinking and feeling. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, at, at that particular moment, it was it was a culmination of years of just struggling with identity and and who I was and and where I fit in in the world. I'm Puerto Rican and uh, I like to say Afro Caribbean um, just to honor t- uh, my African an- ancestors as well. Um, but predominantly Puerto Rican. Uh, my my family comes from the island of Puerto Rico. And just growing up, I, that, that was always a struggle for me, especially because I, I was really deep into watching movies and, and TV because my mother wouldn't let me go outside because it was dangerous. Like, we grew up in a really rough neighborhood. And so I, I, I was consuming all this media, and I never saw a, a representation of myself in a positive manner. Um, I mean, it's, it's that classic thing where it's like, oh, thug number one or thug number two or, like, you know, drug dealer number five, whatever. And that's what you see on the credits, thug yeah, number two. That's exactly <laughs> what you see on, on the credits. It's uh, thug hashtag number one. It, it, that's all. That's all I saw. That's all I ever saw. And everyone that I did see that was like the hero or the 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 protagonist or like the the person that everyone loved, you know, the love interest was always Caucasian and it was always very light skinned And so, as a, at a young age, it was it was really weird because I, I always wanted to be a white man. It was it was it was really I wanted to be something other than what I was because what I was I felt was inferior. Um, and so when I started studying in college, I was the only person of color 
in in my class in like in like three different classes. So when I when I went in as a freshman, um, and where did you go to college? I went to college at uh, Central Connecticut State University. I was the only person of color. Like I mean, there was no there was no black person, there was no Asian person, there was no there was no one of any other thing. And so I was the token colored person. So whenever they needed someone that was brown, whether it was Puerto Rican or black or Asian or anything else, I was like the go to. Puerto Rican or black or Asian, it was you. I filled in that box. Whatever that box was that was other, I filled in that box. And it was, it was, it was specifically this one director, um, this one professor, who I will not name, um, but um, he, was, he was the main reason why I was having this identity struggle. Him and just like, I mean, the world in general at that point. I, I, I feel like as a, as a person of color, I didn't really feel like my, my ethnicity was being celebrated um, on a worldwide scale until as of late. And so that's where I was in college. I was, I was really confused, and my last name was Moreno. My full name is Edgardo Moreno. And Moreno, for those of you who don't know, and if you don't know as well, Moreno literally means, like uh, when you pronounce it with a Puerto Rican accent, it, uh, it is Moreno. And Moreno would be used to identify um, someone that's dark-skinned, someone that's mulatto. Um, and so my name literally meant Ed, like dark person. <laughs> and so I was like, how do I escape that? And how do I try and take advantage of, I don't know, trying to trying to break the the mold of just being an artist of color, just being just being thug number two. I wanted to be the lead. I wanted to be, you know, something that wasn't just identified as, you know, this is gonna be our token in this show or, or this movie. I wanted to be just an actor. I feel like there's always a subcategory. There's like, you know, artists of color. I just want to be an artist. There's actor of color. I just want to be an actor. Um, now I embrace it a lot more because I'm very proud of that color and I feel like it's it's something that I, I like to wave around, but it took years. So that's where I was coming into the Bay Area. And I actually did a reading under the name Ed Moreno. And, and this was in 2014. Yes, yes, in 2014 um, when I moved out here um, in September. Yeah, I did a reading under the name Ed Moreno, and I actually did a show at NCTC. It was uh, it was called From White Plains, um, and that's where I met you actually, because I really? worked there at the time. Oh, I didn't know. Oh no, don't don't even worry about it. I, <laughs> I was like the weird fundraising person in the corner. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Before you were working at the Chronicle. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah. So oh. I I saw uh, you under that name, and then I saw your your name change and. Yeah. So that, wow. So you you did the uh, from White Plains. From White Plains, uh, which is which is an amazing show. Um, but that was the last show I did um, a show under the name of Ed Moreno. I was looking just for random names that I felt were neutral, so that when someone looked at it on paper, um, they didn't they didn't think that oh he was uh, he was brown or, or of anything else. He was just an actor. You know, it's like one of those really generic names like Washington or like I don't know what's what's another generic name. So I was looking for something like that. Um, and how did you pick Berkeley? <laughs> Well, under going with Washington, I was like, oh, maybe it could just be like a state or a city. And so I was throwing things around like uh, Ed San Francisco or Ed Francisco, um, Ed Oakland. And then uh, I came across Ed Berkeley. And, and Berkeley just historically is a very vibrant city for progressive thinking and just the proximity that I was to it at the time. And honestly, I just thought it was a cool name. So I said Ed Berkeley. And then I was like, yeah, let's go with it. And did you just use Ed Berkeley as a stage name? Like, did you have your friends and family call you a different name? Did you change any of your official documents? Well, 
No, no official documents. I mean, on taxes, um, I mean, there's there's a there's a little box that says business names other than um, that you use other than legal names, and I would put Ed Berkeley there um, just for for tax uh, purposes. Um, but no other legal documents. And my family, all my family and friends that I grew up with, that know me as Ed Moreno. As a matter of fact, they know me as Edgardo, um, my my full legal birth name. They still refer to me as that, and like Ed Berkeley to them is like this alter ego, which in a lot of ways it was to them, and and they they kind of laugh at it and scoff at it, um, in in a playful manner. But um, no, they still refer to me as like who they knew growing growing up, yeah. But for the theater community out here, you were Ed Berkeley. I was Ed Berkeley, and some people knew me as Ed Moreno, and 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 there there would be little giggles here and there, um, uh, like uh, I don't I don't know if you remember um, anyone in the cast of uh, From White Plains. Um, but um, Sal uh, Matos um, yeah. knows me as Ed Moreno. Um, but obviously, I mean, he he um, graciously um, honored my name change and referred to me as Ed Berkeley. Going, I mean, I don't think he's ever referred to me as a full name, but just Ed, and like he honored it and and just accepted it because um, we did a show after that where I was then Ed Berkeley. <laughs> it was this weird time in my life. Um, yeah, but so everyone here knew me as Ed Berkeley, and everyone still here still now knows me as Ed Berkeley because the name change has been so recent and. Um, People are always like catching themselves. I'm like Edward. I mean, Ed Gonzalez Moreno, which is awesome. Thank you to those people who do that. Did you notice that you got treated differently, called in for different auditions? No. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I think I've have, um, and this is uh, this, this might sound um, egotistical in, in in some manner. I hope not, but I think I've established myself enough as to just being a performer. Um, at a, at a certain caliber um, that that offers a, a certain energy in a space that I am no longer just I I'm not able to be boxed in anymore. Like people have um, understood what I can bring to the table, and I think the name change, at least here so far, hasn't affected that in any regard. Oh, I I was talking about the first name change. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you first went to Ed Berkeley, did you notice? You know a change. I think in some ways there was, um, but <laughs> something that um, I, I realized later on after I changed my name was I cannot change what I look like. And so I have big lips, I have a big nostril, like I'm, I'm obviously like a, a, a person of color. I'm, I'm obviously not Caucasian, I guess, um, not, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm Puerto Rican, right? And, um, and my features cannot be hidden. And so I would get called in a lot still for, you know, people of color, um, specifically, mostly um, African-Americans, um, because I have a lot of features because of my African ancestry for that. Um, and so it, it, it never really changed at all. Um, yeah, it, it never really changed until I made it a, a, a very conscious effort to be like, I want to go in for these roles. I think I can be in these roles. I, I can be more than just, you know, the Latino or, or the brown person in the cast, um, whatever that may be. But I, I can do this. And I think I asserted myself in a certain way that the name change didn't necessarily help. But, yeah, yeah, I, 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 kinda, I still had to force my way into trying to be something other than just like the token person of color. But the name change did throw people off. Like people didn't think I was necessarily Latino and anything like that. And that's kind of what I wanted, unfortunately. But it wasn't un until as of late where I wanted to embrace that um, culture and embrace the fact that I am Latino because people were forgetting that I was Latino. And that kind of hurt me, especially like when I would come across other Latinos, they would be like, no, you're not. Like your name's Ed Berkeley. And I was like, no, my name is actually 
Ed Moreno, Ed Gonzalez Moreno. And then they would question why I would change it. And I, I, I felt embarrassed a lot amongst my own people as to why I changed it. And so that's part of the reason why I changed it back. But yeah, I think it, I think it did work to a certain extent, um, but I still had to force myself into um, w- getting certain roles that I, I wanted and leading men roles that I wanted, um, and especially like on camera too, because I cannot change the way I look. And so even though I changed my name, I'm still who I am. How do you think you succeeded in that effort? Because wouldn't every actor like to force his way in <laughs> and get the roles he wants? Like what, what was it about you that convinced casting directors or whoever hmm. that you could do these roles that maybe they wouldn't have first seen you in? I'd say being assertive um, with what you want. Um, when they ask you to read something specifically, especially if it pertains to like, oh, we're going to have you read for like, the, um, you know, the person of color, or the Latino in this scene. It was like, yeah, that's great. But can I also read for this? And being well prepared and being versatile. And again, just, just preparation, preparation and being ready for that moment. Because if you ask for an opportunity and you're not prepared to take advantage of that opportunity, then you're going to be left in whatever box you were trying to get out of. And so I would say preparation and being bold about what I was going after. So people would offer me roles and and I would submit for certain roles and people would be like, okay, we'll accept the video or you can come in for an audition. And then I went in there prepared. And then they saw something other than what they just saw aesthetically. And I want to be careful when I say that because I don't don't want it to make it seem like what they see aesthetically is wrong. But I think people are just, or or the industry, I don't don't want to single out anyone in particular, but I think the industry is just prone to seeing something at face value and and going with that. And so what I wanted to do was say, yes, I am this and I can also do this and this and this and this and this just as well as anyone else out there. So you would like look at a script in advance and see, okay, they're calling me in for this, but I also want to audition for that, so I'm going to prepare for both of these parts. Absolutely. And then you'd ask when you're in the room, and whoa, you've already prepared this whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So most of the time, did it feel different being Ed Berkeley? Yeah, I think think Ed Berkeley in a lot of ways was a necessary evil uh, for me um, because it gave me the confidence of, of being someone that I kind of aspired to be like, I mean, it it honestly was like this whole alter ego kind of thing where I was like, oh, you know, now I'm at Berkeley. And it gave me a confidence because I was never confident in who I was. And so literally changing who I was just gave me a boost. And then I kind of like started to like fit into the mold of what I was aspiring to be. Yeah, at Berkeley was an escape and it it was a way for me to kind of like recreate who I was. Um, And I think that phase is necessarily behind me now because I think I have gained so much confidence in being who I am and being grounded in who I am. Um, And so now I can comfortably be me. And unfortunately, I had to take that route. I couldn't just grow into it um, from the get-go. But that's just, I mean, that's internal problems and and that's just, I think, just uh, systematic racial oppression. Were there specific incidents that made you start to think about changing it back? Um, I remember this one time I was on a, on a, on a film shoot um, for this um, feature film called Freshman Year, um, which actually is doing great in, in film festivals right now, and it's going to be released this fall, um, directed by Jude Johnson. Um, it's an amazing uh, film about faith, and I had a, a supporting role in that, and I remember this, this one man uh, looked, looks at me from across the room, 
And I kind of look back at him. And it's just like this weird eye contact going back and forth. And um, he approached me later and he asked me in Spanish. He was like, are you Boricua? And Boricua is um, a term for um, being Puerto Rican because um, before Christopher Columbus came and decided to call it Puerto Rico, um, it was called uh, Boninquen. Um, so the island of Borinquen. I might be butchering that just a little bit. Um, but no, that's that's literally what it was called. So people on the island refer to themselves as Boricuas, kind of as like a throwback to before they were colonized by Christopher Columbus and his men. Um, um, and so um, he asked me if I was Boricua. And that threw me off because there aren't many Puerto Ricans in California. I can tell you that. I've maybe met 10. Um, <laughs> and... Um, I was like, yeah, and he kind of just knew from my features that I was, and he was, and me and him just had like this whole conversation, and it just felt so at home talking to someone who like is you, you're familiar with, even though you've never met him before. Um, Puerto Ricans, much like other immigrant cultures, I mean, there's such a tight knit culture that you could have never met one before in your life, but just like talking about where your family's from. And it's like, oh yeah, my family went to New York and they lived here. I was like, my family went to New York and then they lived here and then they moved to Connecticut. And then we we're just talking about the island and our experiences. And it was this 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 amazing like experience. And he asked me about my name. He was like, Ed Berkeley, what is that? And I was like, oh, that's not really my name. And, and he was like, why didn't why didn't you change your name? Um, like, why, why did you change your name? And I didn't really know what to tell him at the time. Um, so that was one incident. And also my partner, um, Kayla May uh, Paz Suarez, who's also a... Uh, uh, a lovely actor in the in the Bay Area, she would challenge me because she's a very proud Filipino woman. And she would ask me, why did you change your name? Like, why don't you like just sit in who you are? And I was having all these people challenge me in a very lovingly way, um, whether it was voluntary or involuntary. And I had to kind of look into myself and, and kind of figure that out. And it was, it, I mean, it falls in line with the whole like change of like going to Ed Berkeley. It was like, I had to like build confidence into being who I was. And as Ed Berkeley, I felt like I was like riding like this high where I was getting a lot of work and I was like very confident. And I was like, this is exactly who I wanted to be, but then not 100% because I was still under this false identity because I'm, I'm not at Berkeley. I'm Ed Gonzalez Moreno. Like that, that is who I am. That is the foundation. The name means a lot. Um, the reason why I was given the name means a lot. Also, when, when my partner did challenge me, there was this question of wanting to be inspired. And I would look back into who I was as a kid and not see the representation that I wanted. And I thought about the repercussions that, that could possibly come about if you know, there's, you know, there's this Latino boy watching me one day. Hopefully, you know, knock on wood, I, I get all the, the goals that I want in life and, and, I, and, I, and, and I'm living the life as an artist that I want to live. I mean, there's still many strides that I, I, I want to make in my career. Um, one of them being, you know, more on camera and on, on series and, and hopefully film one day. And I, I kind of like try to like look into the future and say, okay, I've made my goal, but I'm still under at Berkeley. And so there, there might be a little Latino boy watching and he doesn't know that I'm Puerto Rican and he might think I'm something else. He's like, oh yeah, he's a person of color. That's awesome. But he's, he, he doesn't have that representation there for him. Now changing my name to Ed Gonzalez Moreno, he sees that his name might be Gonzalez or Moreno or Suarez or, or, um, Delgado or, 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 um, I'm, I'm trying to think of other, uh, Puerto Rican names that, that, that come off the back. Um, Matos, um, which is my grandmother's last name. And he's going to see that, and hopefully he'll be inspired. But if he doesn't see that, he's not going to be able to say, I can do that do that as well. And so I was thinking about my ultimate goal, which is obviously like 
um, career-wise, I mean, it's doing regional theater, it's, it's doing film, it's doing TV, but also to inspire other artists of color or, or to inspire people of color to become artists. Um, because there's not enough of them. There's still not enough. I meet so many on a daily basis. And as a matter of fact, Aurora is is 90% artists of color, which is amazing to me. Not to say that I don't like working with like um, white actors or anything. I mean, I love working with anyone. If I mean, if you're great to collaborate with, I work with you any day. But um, just just thinking that, and I, I want to see more of that. And so, in in order to to get more of that, we have to inspire the next generation. And I saw that I didn't necessarily have that inspiration until I really dug for it. But I, I want it to be right there. I want it to be so blatant. I want to be so apparent that it, they can't escape it and they'll see it and they'll be inspired to do it um, because their name is such and such and hold on to that name. I, I don't want, yeah, I, I just want to continue to inspire young uh, artists of color. And so that I think was the final straw. How has it felt since you've changed it back? It's been about a month, right? So liberating. Yeah, so liberating. I, I feel I feel very grounded in who I am and I feel very proud of being a Puerto Rican man, which I, I unfortunately was not at all growing up. I tried to run away from the culture so much, even running away from speaking Spanish from my family who is fluent. And I mean, that's that's what I grew up speaking. Like in my household, it was Spanish. And so like I was I was trying so hard to speak English. Um, most likely it came out as Spanglish. Um, um, but I, I tried to run away from it. And now embracing it, it feels so liberating and it feels, it feels amazing. And I feel like I can still be the artist that I want to be while fully embracing my ethnicity and where I come from and learning about it and hopefully inspiring more. So I feel so grounded. And I mean, it it really feels like a high for me at this point in my career. And I feel like that was that was the last step that had to be taken for me to now get on this certain plateau that I am right now or the certain platform that I am on right now and then move up from there. So you also do a podcast. It's called Free Lunch for Actors. And yeah. I'm just curious. You were talking before about how you prepare for these auditions, and yeah. and so like one one thing is being assertive mm-hmm. about what you want. How? What are some of your other favorite strategies for preparing for an audition? Ooh, um, taking care of your body. Um, so I mean, everyone is always uh, preparing in the mental, which is uh, going over your lines. You know, thinking about uh, tactics and objectives and actions and, and what's going on in the scene and, and script analysis um, as a whole, I should say. Um, but also in preparing your body. <laughs> I, I heard this quote yesterday, and and I have to use it from now on going forward. It's like you never have to get ready if you stay ready. And so constantly making sure that you are in tune um, with your whole being, not just mentally, but also spiritually and, and physically. Physically is a, is a huge thing for me um, because I, w- I would, when, when I was starting out, I wasn't in the best physical shape and I would constantly feel groggy and just not ready and uncomfortable. But now I, I, I constantly make it a thing to take care of my body just as much as I, I make it a thing to go over my lines and read the script as many times as I can. Because if I feel balanced physically, then I can go into an audition just completely smooth, no jitters, no nothing, and just with full breath. I mean, I, I like to do yoga before, um, literally go to a yoga class um, and just kind of just live in that world for a little bit and just breathe and stretch and just open myself up. So physically, as well as mentally, and just not going in with too many expectations. I mean, there's there's a lot mm. of pressure being being an artist, and of course you want to book everything. But unfortunately, you can be the best choice for it. But you might have brown hair, and the client or the artistic director wants blonde hair for some reason, or maybe you just don't work well with who they already cast. So I think just going in knowing that you can still be the best you and and not get cast or not get hired, and that's okay. Yeah. 
has Exit Strategy felt different from your other projects because you're back to being Ed Gonzalez Moreno? <laughs> um, not necessarily. No, it, it definitely has because, again, I feel just liberated in, in who I am. And before, you know, seeing Ed Berkeley on, on the program would always be cool, but, like, now seeing my name on there and it just it, I feel like I have more ownership of it. Um, and so, yeah, it does feel different. It doesn't feel different because, like, I feel like I, I've just been growing into the artist who I am today, so it's just been a gradual progression. But that that sense of ownership of being on there. And now, like, when my mother sees this, like, she doesn't have to be like, who's that Berkeley? You know what I mean? <laughs> and, like, again, just having that name and, and hope, hoping that, you know, young brown uh, men and women um, will see that and they'll be like, wow, you know, he's 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 on this on the program he's 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 one of the characters in here like he's doing it um yeah and hope, hopefully that leads to inspiration so yeah it does feel different it does feel different can you tell us about the show and about your character yeah absolutely so exit strategy at aurora theater directed by josh costello starting august 30th hi josh um um yeah so it, it's about this uh fictional um town in chicago in the south side of chicago and if anyone knows anything about the south side of chicago or chicago right now um i mean it's been deemed chirac it's 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 unfortunately a mess but also with the with the gang violence there's there's also the problem of school closings and um specifically um it's it's based off of the um, this um, major school closing that was actually supposed to be 300 schools but then they were able to cut it down to 54 schools and that sounds like a win but it's still closing down 54 schools and so i Coulter writes about this fictional um town called Wrightland in the 51st ward um there's only 50 wards in chicago so it's 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 all fictional, the ward and the, and the town. Um, but it's about his experiences growing up and having to deal with the Chicago school closures. And so this, um, this uh, particular play takes place after, and I don't want to give any spoilers here because there are some spoilers. Um, it takes place after this huge tragedy um, and also um, in the midst of the school closing. So it's the last year and these, these, um, these six teachers are trying to, these five teachers and a vice principal are trying to figure out how the best way to go about this last year. And some of them want to fight and some of them want to protest and some of them want um, to try and keep the school open. And some of them don't. And some of them are kind of in the middle. So it's 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 this really great um, look at the teachers who have to deal with this. And also there's a student involved as well and how that affects the student. And the student wants the school to stay open and, and the aftermath of closing a school and what that does to the psyche of a student and what that does to the teachers whose workloads are increased or the teachers whose jobs are no longer there and everything that it affects. I mean, the people in charge who are closing these schools, they don't necessarily see the repercussions of, of what happens when they decide to close 54 schools and how the schools um, where those students are transferred to are then crammed and resources are, are, are slim and the teachers are overworked. Yeah, so it has to deal with all of that. And so these teachers um, are trying to spend this last year trying to figure out the best way to go about it, um, their best, quote unquote, exit strategy. Um, yeah. And who's your character? My character, his name is Luce. And um, I, I'm so happy to be playing this character because um, I feel like I would be this character if I was a teacher. Um, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I do teach. I teach, um, um, I do little residencies with uh, specifically Cow Shakes and uh, San Francisco Shakespeare. So I've done teaching before, but not um, not like full time. And so um, 
he's just a super free loving. Um, he's very spiritually aligned, but he's also he's 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 witty. He's uh, he's quick. Um, he's hilarious. Everyone he seems very playful. He's so playful. He's so playful. Ike Coulter describes him as everyone's hype man. Um, <laughs> and if uh, people out there don't know what a hype man is, a hype man is um, usually rappers have him and they, they're like on stage, like just kind of pumping up the crowd, pumping up the rapper. <laughs> and and that's exactly who he is. He, he's a supporting character, um, but he also is in a relationship um, with one of the other characters. I feel like that's a spoiler too, so I'm not going to give that away. And so, yeah, he's 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 just a playful man and he understands the the tragedy of the school closing and he's trying to keep everyone's spirits alive he's trying to keep everyone's spirits alive while he's trying to kind of like salvage his relationship with one of the other um staff members um which is um not appropriate because um they're they're working at a school they're teachers i i don't want to say he's the comedic relief because everyone in the show is absolutely hilarious but i get to play around like i've never gotten to play around before on stage and i mean there are some very like um very dramatic moments uh for lack of a better term but i mean for the most part like it's it's just playful it's just playful trying to keep their spirits alive and in a, in a lot of ways trying to keep the the audience's spirits alive because it's such a melancholic play of like the repercussions of the school closing down and these kids who are kind of like lost in the system. And so he's just a great character and I'm so happy to be playing him. And um, he's also um, described as a Latino man. So um, having this name change and then like playing a Latino man um, who honestly, it's only alluded to in one line. It's not like that like is like encapsulates his identity. He's just this playful um, former frat boy who's just a great teacher and has a great uh, relationship with all of, all of his students. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so happy to be playing him. One last question. Yeah. Uh, you said you don't have to get ready if you're... Wait, if wait, you wait. stay ready. If you stay ready. Yeah. So do you ever relax? Do I ever relax? Um, I, I've recently, um, I go to the sauna a lot um, because that, that helps me relax and that helps my body relax physically. Um, and I also started um, um, those, it's not called this anymore, but I don't, I don't know what they're called now. Float, float tanks. Uh, it used to be called uh, sensory deprivation tanks. Um, but I, I've done those recently and it's really cool because uh, apparently one hour in that is like four hours of sleep. <laughs> um, so for lack of a better term, today is my day off and uh, I got up at six um, to go to the gym um, to work out before coming here. Um, but even before that, I was going over lines and, uh, um, editing a podcast. So no, <laughs> <laughs> you, you talk like a person who doesn't relax. No, I just, I just, I love life so much and I, I love where I'm at in my career and I, I just want to seize every moment possible, um, of the day. I feel like if I, if I wake up at like nine or 10, then I've missed out on like four hours of possible, um, I don't know, creation or, or work. Um, and it's not like grinding. I love what I do. So like um, every moment that I, I wake up that's early, like I, I, I do it because I want to as opposed to having to, which is a very blessed position to be in. Um, so I do rest. I mean, I still get like six hours of sleep. Um, oh, yeah. six whole hours. Yeah, six whole. I know people who get a lot less. So six is. That's so indulgent of you, Ed. You I know. should really. I don't know. I know. I'm living Maybe a good you could life. get it down to five. That's extreme. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've got Ed Berkeley here, who's in Exit Strategy Ed at the Gonzalez Aero Moreno. Oh shit! <laughs> it's okay. It's I'm going to okay. start that over, <laughs> even though that's kind of funny. No, I, I like it. Keep it. It's fine. All right. It's been a month. You know, um, so we've got Exit Strategy coming up August 30th through September 29th. This mm -hmm. is at the Aurora 
written by Ike Holter, directed by Josh Costello. Yes. All right, Ed, thanks for being here on the Datebook Podcast. Thank you so much. This show is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Our theme music is by Stephen Boyle. This show is produced by me. For more theater coverage, you can follow me on Twitter at Lily Janik. Check out all of our coverage at sfchronicle.com. 